The stats look bad, sure. But DJ Lagway really impressed people at the Elite 11 last week. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And let me tell you, DJ Lagway did impress at the Elite 11. Even though the stats didn't show it, he did impress. But let's hear from someone who was there in person with Brandon Carroll of All Gators. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brandon Carroll from All Gators. And Brandon, you've been here before. You're going to be here again. But you haven't been here before immediately following your trip to the Elite 11. So you were there in L.A. with uh, Zach Goodall. Was Yes, yes. Uh, what were your impressions of DJ Lagway, Florida Gators commit, obviously the, the crown jewel of this class? What were your impressions of him at the Elite 11? Yeah, well, it was my first time getting to see him in person. Uh, really cool experience, just being able to kind of soak in all the uh, elite quarterbacks that were out there. And I thought Lagway definitely stood out uh, throughout the week. I, th- I thought that he played really well, uh, days one and two specifically. Um, and, and Sports Illustrated's rankings on day one, he was our top performer. I thought he was playing with great uh, zip on the ball. Ball really jumped out of his hands, uh, making accurate throws. He was consistent, which was something we were looking at going into it. Uh, He really just produced in a way that kind of uh, showed that he's that next, that he's the future. You know, like you said, he's the face of the franchise in 2024 and beyond. And I thought that he produced in that fashion uh, in in day one and then carried that into day two. He was our number, he was tied for fifth. Uh, in the pro day rankings, um, he was he looked to be really good. He put uh, balls in great spots. Looked to kind of had layered his throws really well. Was able to target the short areas, the deep areas, um, with with accuracy and put the balls on in spots that they were supposed to be. Again, huge arm, uh, great mechanics. I thought uh, that's been a concern for a while is his mechanics, but I thought that they've really kind of shaped uh, up really well with JP Tillman working with him, his quarterback coach. And so they're on a very good track uh, to have DJ Lagway ready to go um, in that, you know, form that he's expected to be able to go when he arrives on campus, which is a potential day one starter when he gets to Florida. Yeah, uh, I know that him and JP have been tweeting about about the work they're putting in. I know he's working with or he's at least working at the same facility as Footwork King. So he's working with great receivers there, too. But at the Elite 11, you got to see him with, well, elite pass catchers throughout too. And just, just how, how great was that to see, especially considering hopefully some of them are going to be uh, Gators as well. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was definitely interesting because uh, a lot of, so obviously there's so many quarterbacks to go around that they're not all going to get to work with those receivers. So like you had guys, especially on day three, um, one of the, it was probably his worst performance of the week 
arguably one of the worst performances from any quarterback, but he was also the last quarterback to go in the seven on seven. Um, He had the worn out receivers, the elite ones were gone. And it was just kind of like an odd situation with, for him in that day um, in general. And I just wanted to touch on that real quick, but then we can also kind of look at what he did when he did have a Jeremiah Smith there. And that was really his day one target. He had him um, for multiple, you know, kind of, these stations that they went through, they, it was more of a group session day one. They really got them going, got them in a rhythm so they could get into day two and three, which was going to be a rigorous uh, or more rigorous um, event as they got into it. So just seeing him work with those pieces, knowing that those pieces are arguably, you know, like J- Jeremiah Smith, he's arguably the best wide receiver prospect I've seen come out of the high school level since Julio Jones, which isn't a, uh, you know, you don't say that lightly. He is very, very good. He is the truth. I was, and I know I'm not supposed to, you know, fanboy over anybody, but I was watching him play and I was just in awe of what he's able to do on the football field. He was the best wide receiver on that field, no matter what, you know, whether it was elite 11, OT seven, he was incredible. So just seeing that in general, whether it was DJ throwing to him or it was other quarterbacks throwing to him, it was a such a fun thing to watch and such a you know cool opportunity. Even though he's 17 years old, this guy is ready to play at a, a college, at a program immediately. He could start on any team in the country this year, I believe. So it, it was it was cool seeing that. And I thought DJ really took advantage of that when he had the opportunity to work with pieces like that. And uh, just like I said earlier, he was putting balls in the right spots, uh, you know, just executing from an accuracy standpoint and, just showing that he has the strongest arm of anyone out there. Cause he was whipping that ball in there uh, no matter where it was on the field. Yeah. I, I'd imagine that DJ would throw it to Jeremiah. So like, Hey man, we can do that for the next few years. Um, yeah. but- that, that was, a, that was, a, there was a lot of that going on um, from the quarterbacks. You'd see like Aaron Nolan's like, Hey, we would need to keep you at Ohio state. And then Dylan Raiola was going over and like, Hey, you need to come to Georgia, <laughs> you know, just kind of messing around. But, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get into, you know, like, oh, like, you know, they looked like they had a good connection. So he's coming to Florida or whatever. But I did think that him and DJ kind of um, looked as if they are they are very close uh, in terms of just how they've interacted uh, compared to the other quarterbacks. They seem to kind of bond uh, during their official visit to Florida um, together June 2nd through 4th. Uh, DJ really kind of got to know him on a deeper level than football. And I think that kind of showed this week as they just picked up as if they're friends rather than teammates or, you know, just two competitors at this event. Um, so just going off that, it looks like at least if he does choose Florida, he would be comfortable with who the quarterback was. But he's also very good friends with Aaron Nolan as well. So those those two were the really ones that stood out. And he came out and said, actually, that it's Ohio State, obviously, at the top, but Florida's a close second. So there's an opportunity for Florida to, you know, earn his services if they keep moving in the right direction. But uh, it's Ohio State for now. Yeah, um, I feel like one thing that we've always talked about with recruiting is just the relationship that you have there. And I am putting you slightly on the spot here by just saying, do you think that's maybe a, a solid advantage for Florida here with just the relationship with your quarterback? Because the time that Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State, Rayola was the quarterback commit there. And now he's a quarterback commit at Georgia where Aaron Norland also was not committed to Ohio State. The only constant throughout pretty much this entire process has been DJ Lagway and the Florida Gators. So do you think that gives them maybe a leg up there? Obviously, they have legs down elsewhere, but do you think that's maybe a leg up for them there? 
Yeah, I think it's hard to say it's not just because, like I said, they, the, it seems that the two have built a strong bond. Um, and they, like I said, c- can connect on a level for like beyond football, which is always important when you're trying to, you know, build a relationship to play with a guy. It's easier to really kind of put yourself on, put your body on the line as you do in football when you're playing for someone that you really connect with. And I think that DJ and Jeremiah do connect in that form, in that, you know, way, but it's going to be very hard to get him from Ohio state. And we've known that for the long run, we've known that it is Ohio state at the top and then everybody else. And it's arguably not going to change unless something happens with Brian Hartline. But I do think this is the closest another team has been since he committed to being able to get him away from that Ohio state pledge. And a big reason of it is one, because of Florida's continuous pursuit, but also because of what DJ Lagway has been able to do in building that connection between the two athletes. And while you were there, just which other players, whether quarterbacks or any other position, really stood out to you there? Yeah, so uh, Julian Sayan, Alabama quarterback commit, uh, he was the winner of the event on the uh, the Elite 11 scale and our scale. Uh, he was just so consistent all weekend long. Um, he just looked like he was – he's not the most – like you're not going to be wowed by anything that he does but he just puts together such a strong performance just by always doing the same exact thing over and over and over again. And that's one thing I noticed throughout the week is the guys that were kind of head and shoulders above the pack, the elite 11 were the ones that went through and they had, you know, those um, just professional tendencies. And he was one that had that those professional tendencies all weekend long. Nothing really was able to rattle him um, just making sure he was doing mental reps behind the other guys whenever they were up uh, performing in front of him, doing the rep before him, um, just kind of taking it in, doing a dry rep behind them, just getting the feel of what this next rep is going to look like and doing that all weekend long, no matter the circumstance. Guys like DJ Lagway did that. Guys like Ryan Puglisi, the other UGA quarterback commit, was able to do that. And there were definitely more that I'm, you know, I can't name them all, but uh, I guarantee you if I went through and I looked at the 20 quarterbacks, I'd say nine of the, of the 11 were ones that did those things. And then you've had like one or two that might've squeaked through the cracks that weren't doing those things, but they're just so talented. They were, they were able to still get in there. So it's just little things like that that really impressed me throughout the week. And like I said, that kind of results in Julian saying Ryan Puglisi, uh, Aaron Noland, um, and DJ Lagway kind of being the ones that really stood out to me uh, throughout the week. Oh, and Isaac Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson's brother, the Utah commit, he's the real deal. And and I, it's not like, uh, you know, it, it, I was kind of skeptical just because of what we've seen from Zach Wilson. Um, and, I'm, and I hate to kind of put him in that box of, oh, he's Zach Wilson's brother who's going to show out in the pro day setting and then stink at everything else. But he he looked really, really good, and I'm excited to watch him at the next level, I think. Uh, he's a little bit smaller than Zach, but they are identical in terms of just what they're able to do um, and and how talented they can be. And I think that Zach um, or Isaac is more progressed at this stage than Zach was. So he should get the ground, you know, hit the ground running when he gets to Utah. And, you know, right after this senior season, he's about to play. Yeah, I'd imagine Isaac is like, well, I can't suck, too. We, we yeah. can't we can't have both of us here. Um, but last time you were here, you not not made a recruiting prediction, but you, you told Gators fans something. And these old Gators fans, have you ever worn the best shorts on the planet? Because let me tell you, I have. And I can tell you, 
where you can get them. It's bird dogs. Bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. Genuinely, the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. And I can wear them lounging around the house because they're comfy. But I can also go for a swim with them because they're versatile. And I can go play basketball in them like I'm going to right after I speak to you about these bird dogs because I love them. I love them. I love them. And I'm going to go dunk on some people. I can't. I can sometimes hit backboard depending on uh, depending on which park we're at. But I'm going to do it all in bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and get yourself a pair of bird dogs. And when you use code Locked On College, you will get a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Be patient. And, yeah, um, be cool. Be patient. Yeah, yeah. Be cool. Um, be patient, baby. And um, it, it paid off to say the least. Uh, and here's the thing: you said be patient because you knew there were going to be things coming down the line. Did you even expect that it was going to be as incredible as it was? I don't think anyone can expect the greatest 55-hour recruiting stretch that Florida has seen since the championship teams. This is uh, and, and it's arguably the best recruiting day Florida has seen outside of a national signing day ever. Just in general, the fact that they were able to kind of pile up on these recruits and, and surge in the rankings the way that they did it's unprecedented for this program and it's huge for this program. It, it, it makes people sit back and kind of question, all right, what's the trajectory right now? Cause obviously there were questions about Billy Napier and co coming in to really just this past weekend, but now they've said, okay, we're getting it together on the recruiting trail. We might not be great this year, but watch out. We're coming. And so I think a big part of what they were able to do, not only, not only sets them up for the future, but it kind of, silences the loud of ones that were verbally frustrated with where the program was at. And I think that's, that's huge. That's a major part of what they were doing. And it's not like they were just, you know, kind of building up on three stars. They were getting high caliber players. Jamonte Waller, if he wasn't six, one, if he was six, three, he's the top edge in the class. He is a top 20 player. If you know, Amaris Williams, if he had played more defense line, was more polished, he's a top 45 player in the class. He's, to me, Amaris Williams is the biggest steal for Florida this, this recruitment cycle, and I don't think that's going to change unless they get Jeremiah Smith. And, and, and it's not necessarily a steal in terms of him being underrated, but he's just so good at football that it is, and, and he's someone that no one really expected Florida to get, even though he came out and said, like, yeah, Florida's my leader. Florida's the team to beat. It's like, hey, you haven't been to campus, bro. And I don't, it's hard to kind of be like, okay, yeah, this kid hasn't been to campus, but he's saying Florida is his leader. So we're just going to go ahead and peg him down as a Florida commit. No, but then he just pops randomly on a, you know, on, after 24 hours on campus, maybe he's like, yeah, I think this is where I'm going to go to college and I'm shutting it down. We're not taking any more visits. That doesn't happen in today's college recruiting landscape, but he did. And he's a top 80 player in the country. He is a legitimately, multifaceted defensive lineman. He's going to come off the edge at Florida. He can get after the passer. His lateral movement's incredible. He doubles as a running back for his school at 270 pounds. Bro is legit. And they're getting these players in abundance. When has this ever happened? Yeah, no, I know that Brian Smith, who is our lockdown recruiting insider, he's also with all hurricanes. He was here the other day and he was like, Amaris Williams is is like the dude. He's like yeah. I I don't know how it happened. I I just love him. 
Um, and, and yeah, that like Brian was just gushing over Amaris Williams, and that seems to be the the trend here. Yeah, with Amaris is just just that. But uh, I do I would like to know what was going through your head last Saturday because I know our day started off not great with Austin Simmons flipping and then reclassifying. And then Amir Jackson committed and it was like, okay, at least we're, you know, neutral on the day. And then like 5 PM hit and it just went nuts. So what was going through your head there? Yeah, it was really weird. Um, Cause so I was obviously in LA uh, when all this happened. So it was, early early morning when everything was going on with austin simmons uh i had hurt so actually dj lagway's uh, quarterback commit i talked to him throughout the weekend great people by the way that if if there's someone you're worried about having a you know strong foundation strong support system dj lagway is not the one his dad his mom his camera guy his qb coach great great people but i was talking to him and he said hey have you heard about austin simmons potentially going to ole miss Someone close to the family told me that this morning. And I looked at him and I said, I have not. I had heard something a week ago, but I was told that that had been taken care of. He said, yeah, something about he's, you know, the schedule's too hard and he's scared to compete with DJ. And I don't, you know, we don't, we don't need to get into the scared to compete thing. Cause that's not necessarily, but that's, that's the direct quote that the dad gave that, you know, Dave Simmons gave David, David, I think so. And so it was, you know, and so that news hit and I immediately was like, I can't believe I didn't take that seriously. Um, you know, and and so I immediately we got on that, got that together. That was the start of our morning at like that was like 730 a.m. And I was like, oh, today's going to be wonderful. Yeah, this is going to be great. Um, you know, so obviously Amir commits and we're, you know, just at this point, because we, we also have to go um, today's that day is like our free day so that's our day where we get to go actually be tourists in la no we don't it, it was it was our work free day it did not it was not a work free day i wrote th- three stories at dodger stadium that was interesting very very my phone died great was awesome awesome stuff there uh but yeah it was just a, such a impressive run on commits and i i can't even lie to you that i did not expect any of that to happen i expected uh, amir jackson i expected nasir johnson I did not expect Morris Williams or Aaron Childs. So Jackson and Johnson were taken care of. Williams and Childs were not. Uh, and then obviously they continued that throughout the rest of the weekend. But that Saturday, I think it kind of lit a fire under Billy Napier. And in, in not necessarily in a, in a way that um, is, you know, it, it, that's not necessarily the way that you want it to happen. But if it happens, it happens. And I think that Billy was just – Obviously, Lane Kiffin coming at him, um, having those, you know, the trolls of Tom Petty and things like that. I think it just kind of he finally just put his foot down and said, you know what? We're, we're done trying to play this game of, yep, yep, <laughs> that, yep, that's exactly it. Uh, you're, you know, we're done playing this game of, you know, we want you to take your time in your recruitment and make sure you want to be a Florida Gator before you commit. He said, nope, we're going to anchor down on these kids. We're going to say it's you or it's somebody else. And that's exactly what they did. And I think that they're going to have great success if that's the format that they keep moving forward. Because obviously those kids were like, I want a spot, which is a testament to how this program. And like I said earlier, the direction of this program is, you know, trending at the moment with all these high caliber talents joining the fold. Yeah. I love that 
Lane came in, took Austin Simmons, wanted to talk that talk. And then Billy just went, all right, I'm taking the top player from your entire state then. And yep. that, that's just the approach that we're taking. It was his yep. favorite. I love pissed off Billy. Keep doing it, Lane. Thank you. I, I think Lane did it because Lane Kiffin knows he's not staying in a place more than four years. So he's just like, I don't have to deal with like any of the, like th these are not, these are not the consequences that I'm going to have to deal with. It, it's, Whoever is following me, and I, I think that was Lane's approach. I have a I have a little story, um, and and it's it's more or less, it's not necessarily super concrete, but I just want to talk about it. Okay, so as we know, uh, Dan Mullen gets fired uh, in the 2021 season. Things are going downhill for Florida, and uh, Lane Kiffin's currently holding one of the best offenses in all of college football. It looks like he's on an upward trajectory to potentially take a step forward from Ole Miss to a different school. Apparently his camp calls Florida and says, what can we do to get Lane to Florida? Florida declines, says we don't want to talk to Lane. We're going to go after this guy named Billy Napier uh, out of Louisiana Lafayette. And Lane gets upset because obviously if you want to be at Florida and you get denied, that's kind of tough. And it's not a hundred percent, you know, tried and true that that is what happened. But I've heard multiple times that Lane tried to get the Florida job. He wanted the Florida job. A lot of Florida fans wanted him to have the Florida job, and they built up buzz based off him potentially being a candidate. And because it didn't happen, I think there's a little salt in the wound there, and he wanted to kind of push it back on Billy and push it back on Florida in their darkest moment. And then Billy said, yeah, we're going to rise up like the Undertaker here, and we're going to come and we're going to kind of set the trail on fire. And so – it is like I, it is just I don't know what happened, but it lit a fire under the Florida staff because we saw it once they land Jamonte. They took off like, you know, Bree Wade was putting out stuff in, in response to the trolls. Everyone's putting out Tom Petty songs and gifs and things like that. So it was just a it was a collective agreement that, yeah, we're going to get back at lane. And they did it in the form of seven commitments in 55 hours and took the top player in the state of Mississippi to take two of the top players in the state of Mississippi with Kane and Daniels. So it is a very interesting development, but it's one that bodes very, very well in Florida's favor to keep Lane uh, not at Florida for the foreseeable future, considering if, if they're recruiting at this level, I don't see where Billy Napier goes unless he just stinks it up on the football field in 2023 and in 2024. Yeah, um, I, I've never been shy. Like, I talk trash. I do. Yeah. I, I am I am all for talking trash. If we're on the basketball court playing pickup, I'm bad, but I'm talking trash. And it's as simple as that. So I, I'm here to talk trash. And when Billy went on the tear after Lane Kiffin took Austin Simmons, every pretty much every Florida Gators fan, because that's, that's a trait of Florida Gators fans. Like, they yeah, like talk mentality for sure. Yeah, pretty much everybody went, oh, he's doing this in response. But, like, Billy's never really going to say. No, no so the thing about it is, is he'll, get every, he'll get everybody else to do it, and he'll never directly. Yep. That's that's the thing about Billy. He's he's like, no, I'm, I'm cool, I'm calm. But there's a message that was sent, and that's undeniable. Everybody was, do, was saying something. Everybody was – even the Florida Gators football page, the main page puts out like the won't back down from the stadium. Yep. and there, Yeah, so it was it was a concentrated message, but the head guy was like, no, I'm going to take the high road while also at the same time not taking the high road. So it was – he's he's that type of uh, – that type of guy. But it was, it was really cool to see just all that going down 
Um, and, you know, it's it means nothing unless they get all these players uh, come signing day. But it is does seem like things are trending very favorably for Florida at the moment. It's fantastic. I'm here for it. I'm here for all the Lane Kiffin trash talk. I hated him for a long time. So now that we get the chance to do it, I love it. But um... I, I love Lane as a as a, you know, just a schematical mind, uh, the way that he's able to run an offense. I think it's so exciting. Um, I wouldn't quite put him on the level of those of like Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley is the best co- coordinator in college football. And, and, you know, he, to me, he's the college football version of Andy Reid, just in the way that he's able to be so innovative with the offense. But I think Lane is the, that next tier down uh, just, he's always going to have a very interesting style to him. And it's going to, you're going to, it's going to be shown immediately when you start playing him. Uh, you know, he runs the football more than people like to think he's going to set the tone there, but he can air it out and they can really get after it uh, through the air as well. And we saw that when Matt Corral was there. So it's just the little things like that that I love about Lane. And then, you know, it, you know, he'll have uh, moments where he's talking about get your popcorn ready that I'm like, I love this guy. But then there's things that he does where it's just like, well, all right, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. And whether it's toward Florida or Alabama or take Texas A&M, like sometimes it's just smart to kind of take the easy approach, you know, the, the calm approach. And he just never decides to take that. And I think that's been a hindrance to him in his career and to a reason why, you know, he's not leading USC right now or why he's not, you know, the head coach at one of these top tier programs or, you know, just kind of being this main piece, mainstay uh, in college football. And instead he's at Ole Miss where he's going to be fifth in the SEC at the highest. Like it's just not going to, especially in this upcoming SEC, it's just there's so many ebbs and flows that are going to happen with that program. Um, because they can't recruit on the level of other SEC programs, especially with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Uh, it doesn't seem that he wants to recruit on that level because it, it hasn't shown that he's willing to put in the time and effort it takes to do so. And how much are you going to be able to scheme up just an offense to beat some of these teams when the recruiting in your defense isn't on the same level? So just a lot of questions there with Lane. But I will say he has his I have spots where I really like him and spots where I do not like him at all. So. I think the Florida is at least uh, in the right track of not hiring Lane Kiffin as their head coach, whether Billy is the answer or not is to be seen, but Lane was definitely not the answer. Yeah, no, uh, Lane is very entertaining. But yes. Until he's losing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm one of those guys where if he's, if they're not winning, it is not fun. Yep. Yeah. That's well, not our yep. program. So I'm, I'm fine. Yep. With it there. <laughs> um, just to wrap up, we are going to talk about just the remainder of this 2024 class. Yep. And are we at the point where Florida, where we're, at least we should talk about kids missing the boat on the Gators 2024 class? Like I brought it up multiple times this week. I, I think the best example of that is probably Chris Jones. Like we've talked about him together. We, we both said we're big fans of him. We like him and I love his tape. And personally, I'd still take him in the class. I understand I can, I can say, it's like I, when I came up, I was covering the draft. I can say, oh, I'd take this person in the first round because it's not my job that depends on me being right there. And it's not my job to build a roster here. Coaching staff can't really do that. Um, so you've got linebacker, you're pretty much stacked there. And even linebacker, edge, possible hybrids, you're pretty much stacked there. So are, are we at the point now where we talk about players that, hey, you waited too long and you missed your spot? Absolutely. And it's not even like potential. It's a reality. 
And I can't believe I'm saying that uh, in, in 2023, but that's the state of where Florida's at right now. And Chris Jones, like you said, is that example right now. He is the poster child for missing the boat. You know, the train is leaving the station. You should have got on earlier. Um, and, and I think they, they, and they communicated that to him. They told him, you know, this is a possibility. You might miss your spot if you go and take the rest of these visits and you don't lock it down this soon. And they told Aaron Childs the same thing. And he said, wait, I want to get in there. I don't, I don't want to miss the boat. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to make this place what, you know, y'all are selling it to be. And so he jumped in the boat uh, earlier than many expected. Uh, and even over Michigan, who people thought he was going to for the longest time, even though it was close, it was always a closer race than people expected it to be. And I think that just having that ability to say no to a player of the caliber of Chris Jones, because you've got three players that are better than him. He's a top 120 kid in the nation. And you're like, nah, we got three players at your position better. Sorry, bud. That is, that's not normal. And especially for Florida, the Bama's and the Georgia's and the Ohio State's, they're allowed to do that. Florida has not been allowed to do that really since Muschamp left because he's the last one that's recruited at this level. And so you're looking at what's going on with Florida and it's a, that's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to be able to pick and choose who you're able to bring into the program and who you're able to tell no. And especially when it's on the scale of players, the caliber of Chris Jones. And I think there's more players that have that potential to be that Justin Denson, the uh, cornerback from Rhode Island, he could get told no. And there's a good chance he does get told no. They have other players that are kind of leaning toward um, Florida now that they have that haven't been that they're in a position where now they're looking at it and they're saying, well, well, you know, we only we only have a handful of spots left. We have to add some wide receivers. We have to add some offensive linemen. You know, we got to go big fish hunting in the fall. We want to be really done with the core, the the bulk of our class by the time the season rolls around and get those extra three to four players, if that, in the fall. Yeah, bud, I'm sorry. You got you to gotta find somewhere else to go. And that's, that's a testament to what they've been able to do and how quickly they've been able to do it. So it's definitely been a 180 turn from where they were to where they are now. But like I said, that's always a positive. Yeah, I like that you brought up Justin Denson. Not that I not that I like that he's going to be left out possibly. Yeah. But yesterday, Brian Smith and I talked about Justin Denson also being another player. Those were the two players we talked about. Chris Jones, Justin Denson being potential guys who maybe maybe you just missed the boat there. But before I let you go, just one last question of, you know, it, it feels like Florida's got quite a few guys who we sit here pretty much every day we're just like are, are they gonna pop now and um whether they're uncommitted or currently committed elsewhere and i i i joked with you before we recorded this like we're gonna talk about this and then one of them is gonna make their decision but how do you feel about some of the players like teddy foster is one that feels like he could pop at any moment chance robinson tj abrams all guys that were like all right feel pretty good about their chances of being Florida Gators. And it feels like it's a matter of when, not so much if. Well, there's, there's, I mean, a few players coming up that uh, have the potential to make that decision in favor of Florida. Um, Dre Hawkins is, is notably one. Um, he has kind of been trending away from Penn state for the last two weeks. I think Penn state has recently kind of tried to reinsert themselves back into the fold there. That's why he pushed it back to July 1st. Um, I'm told, uh, not directly from him, but I'm told that's the, the case that's going on there. So we'll see um, from him. That's a set date, though. Uh, but like you said, guys like Chance Robinson, 
Um, you know, TJ Abrams, I think they're waiting on. I think they uh, have him in their back pocket in case they need him, but I'm not sure that they're going to kind of jump at him to say, oh, we're taking this kid. Teddy Foster is someone that really impressed them in his workouts with them. He's had multiple, and they've lauded over him both times. To It was two to three times, so each time, I should say, uh, in case it is that three. But he's been just the the guy that really stands out to them um, at, at that cornerback spot, uh, you know, as an underrated but still very talented player. So, like you, all three of those guys, um, there is there's more – Obviously, uh, Jordan Ross right now uh, is seemingly in uh, that, that Florida's well in the picture for him. Uh, five star edge of, out of uh, Vestiva, Alabama. He's another reason that Chris Jones could get told no if he does end up committing to Florida. Um, just going back to that last segment we had there. Um, but there's just little things going on um, for Florida, and it's really coming down to we're going to take these uh, players that we believe can be contributors in the future. We're not, you know, the projects. Uh, that they've taken in the past aren't really there anymore. You know, the Justin Denson's not there anymore. Um, and so they have these pieces that they are going to try to utilize um, moving forward. And like I said, it's it's really those guys and Chance Robinson, TJ Abrams, uh, Jeray Hawkins, um, Jordan Ross. Obviously, Jordan Ross is above the pack in that regard. Uh, and so you, you, there's just so many different things that, they, that could happen here soon. Um, but... I would definitely keep an eye out as we get closer to the season. They want to be wrapped up with probably 90% of their class heading into that week one bout against Utah. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's a great time to be a Florida Gator fan or a reporter or a Gator. Um, yeah. It always is, but especially now it's a yeah. fantastic time. Thank you so much, Brandon. This is Brandon Carroll with all Gators. He's going to be here multiple times. Just, just yeah. get used to seeing him. He's get used here. to seeing this beautiful face, ladies and gentlemen, because I'll be right. back. Don't y'all worry. It gets half a mine off. So <laughs> thank God there. Thank you so much, Brandon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're going to have probably a bonus episode at some point today or tomorrow to talk about Colin Castleton getting drafted in the NBA draft because, well, Colin Castleton is now in the big leagues. Love you. Hope you demolish everybody. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.